Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. It is another Wednesday show. We do TTM Cast One on One on Wednesday. We have our regular show on Saturday. My name is Jeff Baker, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I am the host of this fine, fine program. And coming to you from Arlington, Texas, that's right near Dallas, right near Fort Worth. His name is Drew Pelto. He is the creator of DFW Grapher on YouTube. He is on Twitter, which is now X. He is just wrote an article for Sports Collectors Daily. He is the man, the TTM himself. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here, as always. Now, I didn't know if you were like, walking on, on cloud nine today because of your brownies uh, beating <laughs> the 49ers or, uh, you know, you you must be a happy man. The funny thing is, in my head, I was sitting there thinking, I should make a guarantee on the show here that says the Browns are going to beat the 49ers. I'm like, do I really think that's going to happen, though? Uh, I could I could see it. I could see it. But no, nah, I can't come out and say that. I'm going to be really ridiculed if I get it wrong. And, well, I would have been right. So I'm like, oh, crap. I kind of wish I had. But. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I I don't know what the hell a PJ Walker is, but hey, he I mean he he drove the bus just fine. That was an entirely defense though that won that one for. Yeah, yeah, they you guys have a great defense. My Patriots, of course, lost to the the Las Vegas, Oakland, San Diego, Los Angeles Raiders, whatever whatever we want to call them nowadays. But they beat us, uh, and we are in trouble because we're going to play the Dolphins and the Bills next. So we are going to be one and seven. And it is going to be a long rest of the season for for a once great franchise, right? A once great franchise. And Mac Jones has proven he cannot play quarterback. He's he's not a quarterback. He's not good. Yeah, that's uh, that's just it's weird that that big of a fall for one guy. I mean, you know, we were talking what a year, year and a half ago about you know these you know possible million dollar cards for him, and now it's like ooh, uh, not so much now. Yeah, not so much now. Buyer beware, guys. Don't buy into these rookies. <laughs> Go yep. buy Tom Brady and, and uh, you know Peyton Manning. Don't worry about these rookies. Even even I don't know if you watched the game last night, the Monday night game uh, last night, uh, and Justin Herbert. He does not have it. I'm I'm sorry, he does not have it. Yeah, he's really really hit or miss. It seems like when he hits, he hits big, and when he misses, well, you you see him miss like that. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Burrow might be the only guy, maybe two, if he stays healthy, but I don't see him staying staying healthy for long. So, uh, yeah. buyer beware on these rookie quarterbacks. I, I wish I unloaded all my my Trey Lance cards and my Josh Fields cards and all these guys yeah. that they just they just don't. They, you know, you got to give them time, and they they just there's none of these guys I think are are the real deal, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I, I might be able to say it on is I mean, C.J. Stroud has had a very nice start down in Houston there, but. There's so many guys having a nice start, and then the rest right. of the league he's catches up. He's got a bad team. He's true. He's playing with yeah. a bad team. He's going to take. It's yeah. going to be a while for him. Right. 
Well, Drew, we have a fun show today. We have Bobby uh, Burnell, Burrell, I'm sorry, Bobby Burrell. He is a hockey card historian and author, and we're going to talk a little um, Opeachy cards. He's from Canada, and so uh, it's a really fun interview with Bobby. We talk all, you know, uh, really early 60s cards and 50s cards and even 20, up to 20s uh, cards. Bobby's a, a huge uh, collector of also all all hockey so uh, he's in t he's a guy from t toronto he's a maple leafs fan and um he can he can put sal to the test if you know what i mean he nice. he know he knows his stuff so we're, we're going to talk to bobby burrell coming up uh just a couple things i want to remind everyone about the collects marketplace it is now live and if you want to get ten dollars a ten dollar coupon to use in the collects marketplace it's really easy just download collects which is available on your uh, google play or your app store doesn't cost you anything and send us your collects name and your email address and we will collects will send that you a ten dollars to use in the marketplace and all you have to do is send that to ptmcast at yahoo.com very cool. Another poster, another giveaway we have. I went to uh, Connor Bedard's uh, second game. He played, they played at the Boston Garden, and it was the game that he scored the first goal. And I have an article today in uh, Sports Collectors Daily. You can check it out. Uh, all sorts of pictures that I took at the at the during the game, and uh, we're giving away. They have they had posters that they were giving away, and I got some extra posters for you guys. So I have um, ten posters that I'm going to give away, and uh, I'll tell you, I've got a lot of entries, guys. So everyone is not going to win a poster. Right? I have, I do have a lot of entries, but um, send me your name and mailing address. Very important name and mailing address, and put Bruins poster in the subject line, and send that to PTMcast at yahoo.com. And we will pick the winners on Saturday. So please get your entries in by, I don't know, 5 o'clock on Friday because we'll pick the winners. on Drew and I will pick the winners on Saturday. It is really the only piece of memorabilia from that game that's available from the Garden. There's no ticket stub. There's no programs. There's nothing really that they had for mem uh, memorabilia. So this is really one of the only pieces of memorabilia. The poster is kind of cool. On the back of the poster, it has the uh, statistics for all the Bruins and all the Blackhawks. It was the first game uh, – for the Bruins, and it was the second game for the Blackhawks. So you can see uh, right there in the, in the on the bottom of the Blackhawks roster because it's a number order. They have Connor Bedard, one game, zero zero goals, one assist. You, you it's right there, so you can tell it's his his second game, and he's he scored a goal. I saw it. <laughs> we were there, and I saw the goal scored. It was our cool wraparound goal, and uh, we got ten posters to give away. So remember, in the subject line, put Bruins poster and. I need your name and mailing address. Guys, mailing address. I can't send you the poster if I don't have your mailing address, all right? And send that entry to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, and we'll give away the posters next uh, this Saturday, all right, guys? And as I had mentioned, I have an article on Connor Bernard in today's uh, Sports Collectors Daily. Make sure you check that out. Just a couple other things. We got our, our invoice for our Red Sox season tickets, and we do, we're going to re-up them. So I'll, I'll have a 20-game package. So I've got 20 games for the Red Sox. So hopefully we'll get some uh, autographs and autographs alley again this year. And maybe maybe some guys will finally sign. I, I'm talking to the people that, that sit down there. Some of the guys had signed during the year, but I would just, just wasn't lucky enough to see anyone signing. So hopefully we'll get some... Red Sox autographs and Drew and I are going to be at spring training this year. So we're going to be, we're going to be doing graphing at Red Sox spring training and twin spring training. Drew, that's, that's your homework. You have to put together um, the schedule of where you want to go. I think I can do that. I've got, I've actually have already looked through a little bit and uh, had some possibilities written down. Okay. So we got, we have the whole week and we can go uh, wherever you want. Um, the, you know, the, we're, we're close to like Toronto, the Yankees, the, 
Tigers, the uh, Orioles. We're kind of on, on the West Coast. So uh, make a list. The Red Sox and Yankees, the Red Sox and Twins are right next to each other. So that's, that, it's pretty easy to do those two as well. We're going to be about, I don't know, five, ten minutes from the Red Sox stadium. Oh, perfect. Yeah, right. I actually have a list written somewhere. I got to see if I can dig up where I saved it to when I moved on to this new computer and everything. But I went through all of the uh, teams that are along the Gulf Coast there, basically on up from uh, down there all the way to Tampa. That's about anything that was within about a two-hour drive. Yeah, two-hour drive. So may, may, we'll, let, we'll, we'll make a list of the teams that you want to go see, and then we'll look at the schedules if we want to see yeah. you go see a game or we just want to go see a practice or or what. But. This is inside, guys. We're, so Drew and I are going to be in, in Florida in February, the end of February. So if anyone's going down to spring training, let us know because we will be there. And if you want to graph with us, you're more than welcome, right? Yes, absolutely. We'll put out we'll pull our schedule out for our, for our fans. And if anyone wants to join us graphing, we'll let everyone know where we are. And I'm sure we'll be doing a we'll probably do a show every day or, or some type of a report every day, right? Or, probably, yeah. Probably. I mean, it's like I did on the road trip. Like there, we did the national. Right so. Very cool. All right. I had my uh, fantasy basketball draft this past Saturday. I got the 10th pick, 10th pick out of 10, uh, 12 teams. So um, it was, it was hard. I got uh, Devin Booker. I got Sabonis. I got uh, Drew Holiday. I got uh, Evan Mobley. So I think I have a solid team, but uh, you know, all like the, um, every time I wanted to like Damon Lillard, Lillard was, I was going to be my first pick and he got picked right before me. And then I, uh, I wanted Jalen Brown with my third pick and he got picked right before me. And it was just like uh, all these guys that I wanted to pick got taken right before me. So it was a, it was a tough draft. Wow. I'm, I'm scarred, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully I'll, I'll keep, I'll let you guys know how we're doing on basketball. Basketball, basketball is certainly not my best sport in terms of knowledge. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I, I finished in uh, third or fourth place last year, which is which was not bad. But literally, I was in first place up until about the third to last week, and then my my team just fell apart. <laughs> How was your week, my friend? It's been good. So all that stuff I was talking about last week is my apartment finally got uh got figured out. So I've been able to actually relax a little bit here over the last twenty four hours. But uh, yeah, I haven't really done much uh, collectibles wise. I've got an event that's coming up that I might go to, so I've been buying some cards for that and. Uh, We'd have another bit of those coming in later on today. So hopefully we'll have that. And I'll talk about what that wants to get a little bit closer and everything if I decide to go to it. Cool. Um, still got my article from uh, Sports Collectors Daily from last week's uh, TTM stuff is still up on there. And I have a new video posted as well on my YouTube channel. That's uh, youtube.com slash Grapper. I got asked a few weeks ago by a viewer just about my uh, the history of my collection, basically. just my whole story of how I got into graphing and everything. So... I ended up going on for about an hour on that, so a little longer than I uh, expected, but I show off some of my items and stuff and just talk about how I got into everything. And so there you go. Go check that out. It's uh, youtube.com slash DFWGrapper. Very cool. Yeah, they're good videos. I haven't checked that one out yet, but I will check it out. I yeah. saw you, you you posted it the other day, so good job, and great job filling in for me on Sports Collectors Daily. I, I really enjoyed your article. So, uh, guys, make sure you check out my article uh, on uh, Connor Bernard today and then tomorrow my ttm article will be up there so make sure you check that out as well all right drew i think we got batting lead off batting lead off batting lead off it is hobby happening let's get the show started leading off we look at hobby happenings 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Hobby happenings, hey! Hobby happenings, kind of a news summary of what's been going on the last couple of days. Just a couple of things. Um, in the world of celebrity, we lost two celebrities this weekend. We lost Mark Goddard, who was on General Hospital and on Lost in Space. He played Major West on Lost in Space. And Suzanne Summers, who uh, I guess gained fame. He, she was in American Graffiti, and she was on uh, Three's Company. Those are her, her kind of two big things. And uh, what she had like the the uh, an exercise thing right didn't she have the master? master yeah she was the, yeah. the commercial for the master yep yep she made m money doing that as well so uh kind of a shocker two people that that, that uh you know were, were social were were um i know they were icons right they were they were certainly icons in uh oh, in, in television and uh they were in their 70s both of them passed away i think susan summers had breast cancer if i believe it. i'm not sure uh, about Mark Goddard, but he uh, he was a, he was actually a Boston guy. He he lived in the Boston area for a while. Yeah, I think Suzanne Summers, if I read correctly, she was a day short of her seventy seventh birthday too. Yeah, I actually I actually bumped into Mark Mark Goddard at a pizza place in Kenmore Square before a Red Sox game, and oh, I wow. I talked to him for about 15, 20 minutes. He was very nice, very nice. Just yeah, I didn't ask for his autograph, but <laughs> I did. I did talk Lost in Space with him, so it was kind of cool. It was it, it was neat to. He was there, I think, with his son or his friend or something, and I we were just getting just sitting there eating, eating lunch, and he happened to be sitting down right next to me. So I so so I said. Uh, Hey Mark, how you doing? I'm a big fan. He was really friendly, and he he talked uh, Lost in Space with me, so it was pretty cool. So, All right, Drew, we have, we have some grading numbers to report. Yes, we do. For uh, the uh, next week of October, here we've got the uh, week of October 9th, PSA, uh, PSA, SEC, and Beckett all down a little bit from the previous week. PSA with uh, two hundred sixty-one thousand four hundred cards, big grade. That's a twelve percent drop, a little lower than last week. SGC, a 29,000 uh, card grading week. That's a 1% drop there for their numbers. For Beckett, an 8% drop, 17,200 cards they have graded. And once again, CGC, no numbers for us. Suze, get it together. Get us some numbers here. Come I on. know, Suze, get your, get your reporting down, would you? <laughs> yeah. So there you yeah. go. We're at uh, close about 300,000 there across those uh, across those companies, a little bit over that much. So there you go. Yeah, a little down, what, maybe 7 to 10%, right? Yeah, somewhere out there. So that that was for October 9th or the thirteenth. Sorry about that, Drew. I I didn't okay. update the date numbers on those. Uh, so that's very cool, guys. We have some new releases to report. A lot of new releases coming out this week. Uh, Upper Deck Series One is out for 2023-24. Uh, one of the first hockey releases for the year. There will be no Connor Bedard. I believe he was going to be in the Series Two because he hadn't played a game yet. So um, you can get uh, Series One is out. They are going for about one hundred twenty-five dollars. You get twelve packs. 12 cards per pack. That is Upper Deck Series 1, 2023-24 uh, hockey. And that's kind of like the flagship for hockey. That's that that's really the flagship for hockey. And that's where all the young guns are. And you get a, a, a hobby box for about 125 bucks. Got one that I always look forward to every year coming out. Tops Pro Debut Baseball for 2023. Get 24 packs, 8 cards per pack in there. Those are all the minor league guys that should be hitting the majors here in the next couple of seasons. Four autographs per box as well. So a real nice uh, grouping right there. $70 for this. So not too bad at all on the price tag there. 
I might be looking into getting a box for that one. So once again, 2023 top pro debut baseball, $70. Yeah, very affordable and a lot of TTM potential in there, right, Drew? Yes, exactly. All right, guys, if you're into uh, basketball, 2023 Tops Chrome McDonald's All-American Basketball. Uh, these are hobby boxes. You get 20 packs, four cards per pack with two autographs. The hobby boxes are going for about $230. That's 2023 Tops Chrome McDonald's All-American Basketball for 230 bucks. Got some uh, higher-end baseball stuff coming here from Tops. Top Gilded Collection. In there, you're going to see one pack of five cards, including one framed auto or cut signature. Cost on that one $750. And another high-end one is a 2023 Tops Tier 1 Baseball. You get two autos on one relic, and the hobby boxes are going for about $225. That's 2023 Tops Tier 1 Baseball. Do you like those one, Drew? I haven't really looked into it very much. I haven't, uh, haven't done anything with it. Yeah, I'm not sure. The Gilded one looks kind of cool. The autographs are really neat. It's a frame auto or a cut signature auto, and uh, I believe you're guaranteed one Hall of Famer in there, but I mean, you're paying for it, right? You're pay paying the seven fifty for it. So right, right. Got a, a basketball offering here from Panini. One of their high end ones is Panini Noir for the twenty two twenty three basketball season. In there, you're going to get one ten card pack loaded up with stuff. There, you're going to see four autos and three memorabilia cards in those packs. Two thousand dollars price tag on Panini Noir. Yeah, wait for the break, guys. Wait, wait, wait yep. for a break on that one, or, or, or go go buy the one guy you like, or buy with one team. Two two thousand dollars is a little pricey for basketball, but I'm sure yeah. they're nice. So wouldn't it be nice to hit the the lottery one of these years and be able to just like, okay, I'm gonna spend two thousand dollars on a pack of, uh, on a on a box of ba uh, basketball cards. Yeah, just, just whenever I finally win it, one year I'm just gonna buy one box of every single product and just do a live break on all something. I like know, that. wouldn't it be cool? Hey, Drew, we have a couple of shows coming out. We have the Shriner Show. It's the Greater Boston Sports Collectors Club show. Uh, I believe it's probably like it's the 40th or 41st year they've had the show. They have It's it's a, one of the bigger shows in the New England area. It's November 3rd to the 5th. And there's all sorts of guys. Richard Seymour and Ty Law will be there. Terry Francona and Lee Smith, Loria Malloy, Rich Garces. And a bunch, they have a, there's a bunch of current uh, New England Patriots that are going to be there as well. So it's a pretty big show. Uh, three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be going on Saturday. So if you are going to the show, the Shriners show uh, on the November 4th, then make sure you stop by and say hello. And again, there's tons of autographs there. That's the Shriners show, November 3rd through the 5th. Got the Virginia Beach show coming up once again. This will be on November 11th in Virginia Beach, Virginia, as you would probably guess from the name there. Got some uh, nice autograph guests on there, plus free admission. That always helps out when you can get into a show free like that. The three autograph guests are going to have there in uh, the football world. Ken Harvey will be there, former linebacker of the Cardinals, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly there. Baseball, we've got Mickey Tettleton out there, a catcher for what? The A's, the Orioles, the uh, Tigers, the Rangers. Yep. He's on a, a 1990 uh, Diamond Kings card there, if anybody uh, is collecting those out there needs him. And you've got Rudy May, former pitcher for the Angels and Yankees, I believe, if I remember right. I think he threw a no-hitter. He, didn't he throw a no-hitter? It seems like he might have. Yeah, he had some good years there for a bit. But uh, I remember him with the Angels because, uh, number one, he's in the 1972 top set with the Angels. So if anybody gets that signed, I would like to trade for it. And also, he gave up the only home run that George Brunette hit in his career. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Rudy May going to be the third signer for that one. November 11th, once again, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Very cool. Hey, our friends at Linus, Linus Sports, they um are the uh, ABA 
Pops. What what would we call them? The 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 memorial company, basically for for the uh, dropping dimes in the ABA. Yeah. Um, and they have a cool uh, sale they're going on. It's the ABA Rookie Hobby Box Set. There's only 40, 40, 50 of these left, and they're going for sixty dollars. That's fifty percent off what the regular price is. They're they're clearing these out. So uh, if uh, you want to get if you're an ABA fan, you want to get ABA collectible. Go to lanasports.com. There's only fifty boxes left for sixty bucks a piece, and the best part is all the money goes to help out former ABA players. So it's a it's a good cause, uh, and it, this is with DroppingDimes.org. But go to lanasports.com. ABA rookie hobby box set. I just there's only 50 left and they're 60 bucks a piece. Uh, and they're kind of neat. So if you're an ABA collector or basketball collector, uh, jump on it now because they're not going to be around for too much longer. All right, Drew, I think that closes out hobby happenings. Yeah. Uh, let's get right into our interview. So this week I interviewed Bobby Burrell. He is a author and hockey card historian, and we talk hockey and uh, Opeachy. I love talking Opeachy. He he's up in Canada, and uh, we talk all about the uh, Opeachy cards, baseball and uh, hockey. We we talk about um, a lot of history behind all that stuff, and uh, it's a really fun interview. So please enjoy my interview with Bobby Burrell. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times, so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders, so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start grading your cards today. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning, pricing, tracking, and cataloging your cards. Upgrade to Collects Pro to access exclusive features like exporting collections to spreadsheet, printing checklists, and Collects AI. All right, guys, it's time for Collector's Corner. We have a very special collector on the line with us. His name is Bobby Brunel. He is a hockey historian, author, and a uh, Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You're talking to him from Toronto, Canada. We're going to talk a little hockey. He's got a great new app out. And uh going to talk a little bit about the upcoming season as well. So welcome, Bobby. How are you? Great, Jeff. Great, Jeff. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. I appreciate nope. it. No problem. Anytime I get to talk hockey, I am so happy because mm-hmm. the, my lo- listeners love hockey, but it just hockey is kind of the, the redheaded stepchild in all these sports, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get that 100%. Uh, well, you're out of Boston. I'm out of Toronto. Two big hockey towns, you know. I know. It's so much fun. But you know what, Bobby? First, let's talk about your new app that's coming out soon. It's called Needham. Um, how did you develop it and, what, and who's, gonna, who's it um, made for and how are people going to get it? Well, sure. I'll, I'll tell you, Jeff, that I started out as a historian, probably it was by um, osmosis, really, in 2000. Uh, well, I guess the late 90s, I started to, as a lifelong collector, I started to get into, hey, why doesn't this rapper, this is the, there's no dates on rappers. So we didn't know some of the early rappers. And I said, I got to look into this. So I started and I really never stopped. So I got into all the cards, the history of the companies, um, food issue. I actually do non-sports and other things as well, and in a Canadian aspect, mostly. Um, so I produced, uh, my first book was 2003. It was called the hockey wax pack collector's guide. Now it was basically just showing you the pack wrapper, what was in there, how many 
was in a box count. So it was a, if you ever seen Mark Murphy's book in 1996, where he did all the wax packs and all the boxes. So you could at least see what you're, you know, because it's not published in any Beckett guide or anything. Bobby, so, when did they start putting the uh, years on the packs? Probably 90s. In the 90s? Okay. In the 90s, yeah. Well, you know, Tops had a code on the bottom uh, of the wrapper and the box to decipher the last end of the code there's there's usually two digits and it'll it'll tell you the year like if it's oh you know if it's 08 it'll be 78 or 88 you'll see the change in the um uh the box design the colors and stuff like that you can tell the 70s from the 80s very easily so um so after 2003 and 2006 i did a um a, it's called uh, affectionately called the playboy edition uh, the reason being is it's lots of pictures and a little bit of writing. So there's just a little <laughs> paragraph, but there's lots of large pictures of, you know, display boxes and, and all the food issue that was issued from 1910 to 1990. It's a 300 page full color book. Um, and then uh, I took a hiatus for quite a long time, but not for researching, just in book publication, because it costs a lot. You know, that book cost uh, $32,000 out of pocket. Now I'm self-published on top of that. So that being said that's a lot out of pocket you know it's funny my wife said is this gonna sell and i went yeah yeah your voice goes up when you <laughs> yeah of course it is honey <laughs> <laughs> sure why not and it's kind of funny in 2006 it, it, it's hard to believe that it's not so long ago but long enough ago that you know i showed up with the show um i i've been going to the toronto sports card expo since the 90s sure and uh it's sort of the uh, canadian national so to speak you know as you have in the states down in uh, chicago generally and uh, we have a huge show there, and I've been going there since the 90s. And I showed up with a book. Um, everybody knew I was the wax pack guy because I collect packs, unopened packs, and display boxes. That was really my my, my key thing. Um, so nobody really knew me as Bobby Burrell, the historian of cards and, and, and uh, all the food issue and what have you. So I remember showing up at the show. I had 2,000 books. I didn't bring them all to the show. But, you know, I bought a bunch, and I think I sold maybe 40. And I was really dejected. Like I was selling for $50 at the time. And it was certainly worth it because it cost me quite a bit of money. I wasn't making a lot of money. And I didn't get a lot of advertisement inside. And I didn't want to fill it with advertisement either. So it's uh, I sold about 40. And I was just sitting there after the show going, how come? What's going on? You know? And, and sure enough, the next week, uh, I got people saying, hey, you got this book. You got this book. And I was shipping 15 to 20 a week after that well, that's and great. It was non-stop not because word of mouth had to get around we the internet was there but not we didn't have the facebook groups that we have today or anything else so unfortunately uh uh it took some time but uh i did get through them obviously and um and i did sell out i think it was the greatest secret kept um it was one of those things that dealers didn't want to sell the book they would advertise in it but they wouldn't take any copies to sell to their customers why was that well, it's sort of a catch-22. Now you know what the price is. You don't want your customers to... I can't buy it 10% anymore, you know? Right, now the customers know what they have, right? How much were those Mickey Mantles? I don't know, 50 bucks, I'll give you the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. So it was actually a great thing, too, because um, in earnest, uh, I made it honest. You know, it, it made everything justified to the sense that, okay, this is what it is. And there was a basic price. Like I put a set price, not an individual price or, or you know, an ad price or whatever it was, a box price. Um, so what happens in uh, many years go by and I'm researching, doing more stuff. And, and it's an arduous task doing another book. Like I did all the artwork. I did everything myself for the most part. Um, so I, I said in 2016, uh, I was going to release another book. So I did. And... Um, 
that book was mostly lists. So we went smaller pictures, so the non-Playboy edition, uh, smaller pictures and uh, lots of uh, lists and um, a little bit more writing. And that book uh, uh, sold out quite quickly because I was known at that point. At that point, I, I had to turn advertisers advertisers away because there was so much um uh so many people that wanted to advertise because they knew who i kind of was at that time you know they said oh shoot this book's going to be great now then you had complaints go i like your other book is better i said who doesn't like a playboy right <laughs> <laughs> so and uh that kind of led me into um uh, my friend andy malecki uh he is the cfl guy that i am in the hockey he's a code writer so he was writing an app back in 2015 16. And he says, Bobby, do you want to, you know, I, I can't just make it alone on CFL. I got to, you know, I need hockey. I said, Andy, you know, we've been friends, share information. You know, we've always done that through the years. And uh, and I knew him for about 15, 20 years anyways. And I said, well, Andy, I don't think so. I said, the book just came out. So I waited uh, about two years and I started to accumulate more information. You're sitting there, I got I to get this out there somehow. How am I going to, Andy, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. And that's been a five to six year journey just getting this app um uh to fruition uh the amount of pictures i can't tell you it's like we're unlimited now on write-ups on pictures yeah. so i'm going in i'm writing about the like you know how usually the the pre-war even just even the 50s there's a paragraph if you're lucky and they might stretch it to two paragraphs writing uh the write-up well there's uh gordy howe there's maurice richard there's you know and that that they can't fill it out well what i've done is the company where they were located all the backstory behind the uh the production from parker's tops or opichi you know getting into the full story so every paragraph every um write-up is is generally about four to seven paragraphs of great quality information so i'm giving everything that's in my head out there to the people uh whereas i was limited before you know, I did write articles. I published, I worked for Beckett for a year writing in 2008, uh, the Canadian Sports Magazine, which was the Canadian Beckett uh, in 2009 and 10. Um, I've written many articles for, you know, online and what have you for, for different people, just to uh, overemphasize the important information behind us. It. It's, it's nice enough to write a little bit about it, but it's nice to get into the company and, and how it was issued and, and what was uh, the owner's name and, and where they got the, the printing done uh any backstory that i can throw in there and that's what uh, the app's going to have it's going to be fully loaded from 1910 to 1990 all cards all food issue and merchandise like merchandise and food issue are distinguished different you know whatever came from food or gas and oil or whatever that's called yep. sort of food issue merchandise is stuff that was bought in a store exclusively you know a plaque or something that you know whatever uh, you would just go in and purchase it and you couldn't really get it any other way except going to a store or you know a souvenir booth at the uh, uh one of the at the gardens or or what have you yep. which you guys you guys in boston have some great exclusive items like some awesome i think you got so much ore stuff it's unbelievable i know in the 70s we they just kept pumping that stuff out it, there's so much stuff that came you out. and the flyers the flyers have so much stuff they run for two years and they can't do anything since so, <laughs> <laughs> well, so is so it is it a virtual checklist or is it a virtual what, yes. what would you call it would you call it a virtual checklist for people uh that they can mark down the cards and, and things that they have or uh is it a, an encyclopedia for hockey cards and, and issues is what what would you call it you can keep going because it has everything it has the virtual checklist you can put your checklist in there oh i need this wrapper which variation oh it comes up on your search so you can you have your own things saved you can save your stuff uh you can do specific searches you can do it 
It has all the Hall of Famers, the, the, even the rookies, as I did in my books, I highlighted the rookies because always in that back, there's no highlights on the rookies. It's RC, but I put it in bold. Yep. So you, oh, there's the rookie. There's the rookie. And you can, you can look through it. So, um, you know, going into the app, you would just enter in. Uh, I do a common search, which is basically I pick decades. So if I want to look up a 68 sheriff coin of, uh, of uh, Larry Hillman, I just go, okay, go into my app. I click search. I do it this way. I go rather than putting Hillman in, which I could do a text search, but it would come up with all the Hillmans that are in the thing. So I'm just going to go, okay, I'm going to go 60s and food issue. And then it'll take me to all the food issue. Then I go to 68 share of coins. Boom, click that. Then it takes me into the full set. Then I scroll through uh, pictures of everything, uh, of every card. And uh, there's Larry Hillman. And it has the values right beside it. Now, is there is there going to be a cost for the app to purchase the app? And uh, when, when is it going to be available? And what's it called? Look, the app is called Needham, as you uh, quoted earlier. And that's uh, N. Double E D U U M. So N E E D U U M. It's kind of hard to say. That's why I say the double E. It's a little easier. <laughs> so that's uh, it'll be Needham. It'll be available um, in another few weeks, but uh, the Fall Expo um, of the Toronto Sports Card Expo. Yep. We'll be we'll have a booth and we'll be all set up and what have you, just to you know, so some videos and what you know, so people we can get a, a better grasp. But everybody knows in the hockey hobby who's in the vintage aspect basically knows who i am and they know what's going on but it's for the other people that don't and uh so it's going to be a website it's going to be for your iphone or the um uh the other uh android android and the android those apps are all written specifically for android for iphone for website so you, it's not like an overlay you know you ever went on to some and there's just an overlay and it starts screwing up and it goes over to the left or right yeah. and so we won't have all that stuff these are written specifically uh for that and so that that and you had one more question what was it the available well, how much is it going to cost is it, is it a free app or is it everybody always avoids the price right no i wasn't doing that on purpose um the the price is going to be uh it's 29.99 every six months so it's basically under five dollars a month okay so it, it, it basically you're going to be having updates and refreshing uh do you envision Constant adding do you envision adding more uh current cards because you say you're only going up to 1990 do you envision adding uh, more current cards as well well i'm 59 now so i don't know if i have enough life in me to get through <laughs> the, you know how many cereal boxes were issued in the 90s alone and the cards the sets went crazy um you know the scanning that takes a lot of time like yep. front and back cropping left and right so every set you have to perform four or five functions per cart and four or five times the set times the front of the set times the back of the set it's it, it it's a long journey and it's hard to price the, a lot of the 90s stuff because we went through that boom just recently yep. Uh, you know, through the pandemic and what have you. So those prices have fluctuated like crazy. Uh, so did the other ones, you know, Gretzky, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr, rookie, you know, they all kind of went up, but they've settled back down, which is really good. And it's easier to um, uh, to sort of price at this point now going forward. But for the next uh, two years, I think the updates are going to be amazing. And really where I want to take this is beyond the cards, beyond uh, that, I want to get into the... Um, player specific uh, promotions like Bobby where it's so many different things but nobody knows where it's from you know I, I don't want to so I think we can call that in a sense almost regional in a way 
But I also want to do the regional issues too. So Minnesota had some uh, cards that was put out by 7-Eleven, but they're only for Minnesota. So I haven't added those yet because there's a lot of extra, so much more information. The amount of information is mind boggling. At this point, I'm, I'm still not ready to release it, but we're going to release it because my friend Andy goes, Bobby, you got more stuff in there that people will be, I said, yeah, but it's only at a 60% level for me. I want it to be 90, you know, and it, you know, there's varying degrees of excellence. And then sometimes we have to settle for less. And, and I think I, I said, okay, well, we'll release it now because everybody be completely satisfied and they'll be looking at stuff they've never seen before. Uh, and I think it'll help the hobby uh, go forward. Uh, sharing information with people, they have to pay for it, but it's, it's a minimal cost. And there's going to be no ads on the site. And we don't want that. So we want everybody to have it. There has to be a cost behind it because we spent, Andy's seven years, I'm five years. And that's, you know, like a full-time job. Was there a lot of unlicensed material that was released in, in the 50s and 60s that, that um, you would consider, uh, you, you know, uh, collectible? Yes, actually quite a bit. Um, see, the licensing for hockey, see, baseball was a little different. Baseball and football, you know, they would uh, they would sign contracts for the stars specifically. That's the fight between Bowman and Topps they had, you know, and they had Mickey Mantle for those yep. years. And with OPG in Canada, with the hockey cards, it was the owners on the teams. And then what happened in 1968, the NHLPA, which is the National Hockey League's Players Association, finally was formed. And and what happened is uh, kind of a quick little story is that the NHLPA uh, got LCA, which was the American uh, that used for the NFLPA, uh, MLBPA, all the companies that LCS was the, uh, the company that um, uh, supported them. And uh, we finally got into LCA. And at that point, hockey went crazy. So what happens? The players weren't getting much. The Players Association wasn't getting much. The, the NHL play owners and, and the NHL would say, here, here, we'll give you this for your players. And they said, no, no, no. So what happened? Uh, LCA had great salespeople and amazing marketing because they already experienced with the, uh, with the other leagues. And what happened is they surpassed the NHL for licensing. So there was a little divergence there between the NHL and between the NHLPA. You would see one issue, one thing, and one issue, another thing, but they both rarely ever came together on anything. And what happened, uh, NHL said, hey, okay, okay, you guys are killing us. All right, we're willing to deal. And they said, okay, we'll deal with you. And the NHLPA said, but we're still going to do our own stuff too. And you can't do anything about it. And they went, all right, we'll sign away. So that's what <laughs> So it's really kind of funny how that, so there was a lot of unlicensed stuff. A lot of, you know, players would have to do these things for their team and yep. by the owner. The owner asked, say, hey, you got to go do this. Okay, do that. You know, you go do a, I don't know, a peanut butter thing. And then, here's a case of peanut butter. Thanks for helping, you know, or whatever they did. It was, it was really, um, it was really not financially uh, uh, aggressive for the players. And, but now it is certainly a lot more fair, but but now we've kind of run out of that. Everything that is licensed today is um, it has to be a major company. There's no uh, freelance, which we had in the 50s, 60s. Right. 70s. I mean, in the 60s here in Boston, we had all in the 70s as well. We had all the stuff, you know, we had Bobby or ashtrays and, <laughs> you know, you name it, pens, calendars, all sorts of stuff that uh, you don't see that nowadays, you know. And you won't see it because the licensing costs so much money now. That it's not worth this small guy to do like the ashtrays uh, i forget the name of the company that did those uh they were out of toronto actually 
Uh, they also did uh, some other team logos for other uh, companies and Gordy Howe and uh, a few others, different ones. You know, the plastic ashtrays, the malamine. Yeah, the unbreakable yep. ones, so to speak. And Bobby Orr is like triple printed. They ran an ad after they came out in 72-3, 73-4. They put an ad out just for Bobby Orr's. They, they, they forgot the rest of the players because Sanderson was coming in and out. He was going to the WA and they had the, you know, the Rick... Uh, Rick Smith, another few guys were just all over the place. You know, they were contracts back and forth. So they just said, screw it. We'll just do Bobby Orr. That's why you see a lot of Bobby Orr's out there. You, as, as a collector, and I love um, unopened stuff, when did you start collecting the the unopened wax? And, um, you know, as a young collector, were you were you purchasing boxes of, of Opeachy and Topps cards and and scrolling them the way? Or would, when, did you, when did you realize, oh, if I don't open these things, they, they might be valuable? Yeah, it's kind of funny that you say, you know, unopened boxes. Like when you're a kid and see, I'm opening my first pack in 1969. Yep. So, you know, that's I'm a couple years old. younger than you. I'm like 72. Oh, OK. Yeah. So you're in the same time frame, but we didn't buy boxes. You got your allowance. Twenty five cents. You buy a pack. That you know what, it. Bobby? My, my dad owned a pharmacy. So he used to bring home a box of cards at the beginning of every oh, season. So, oh. but uh, I, we never, you know, we, we, he would, every once in a while, he'd buy, bring home a box of cards, but we would rip those suckers open the second that they came in the house. Yeah. Well, we were out front of the dairy. See, back in that time period, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but in Canada, like variety stores didn't open till like nine, 10 o'clock. You know, you're, I don't know, for some reason, nobody just opened. It was like like Sundays. There was no shopping at that time, right? It, it was yep. everything was closed. Um, so we would go to the dairy. Dairy was open at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. So we're walking by school at 830. And we'd go into the dairy and we'd come outside and then we open our packs. And uh, But we never really got boxes. I never really asked for a box at, uh, you know, birthdays or anything. You know, it was a, you always wanted toys. But it was such a hard thing because I had a sweet tooth. So, you know, do I take the black balls? Do I get the uh, mojos? Do I get... The, the, the strawberries, do I bag of chips, what do you, pack of cards? At least you got gum in there, and at least you had something to chew on while you look at your cards. And then all those checklists, after you got one, we had this laneway that we would throw them down uh, because you were angry if you got a second checklist because you, you're missing a card at that point. Yep. So we would fling them down, and all those wrappers we scrunched up that are $150 today. <laughs> well, we used to throw them. He had a basement, and you know those metal wells that they have for some basements and collects water or whatever it is you know and then the 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 window is kind of below uh, the ground surface level so i guess it protects us so you can see we used to throw all our wrappers down there and the owner came out one time and he says hey okay here's a garbage bin you guys throw your wrappers in there i just want one garbage bin full of those wrappers yeah <laughs> thousands of dollars uh going back to that time period as wrappers went on you know as you get into this later 70s and 80s they're only a few bucks each so so when did you just when did you discover the love of, of unopened wax and and when did you start actually acquiring them for your collection um uh, well wax came in the 90s um i went man i i, I think when ebay kind of came in i said they still have unopened packs 74 i'm buying one so for 150 bucks i said okay i'm gonna buy one so i bought one and i just fell in love from then because i remember being a kid and opening the wax and it was just a great feeling but now i it was more of a collectible because it's a two-part collectible you a you have the wrapper and b it's the unknown the collectible within the collectible that you don't know so that's what i really enjoyed uh about packs and i really like display box material in-store advertisement that kind of stuff point of sale so to speak 
uh, stuff. And that's the stuff that really uh, intrigued me. And, you know, I started on the journey and you get a little bit here, a little bit. At this point, trying to go forward, it's very difficult to find that stuff because some of the display boxes, like from the 60s, are just like five grand empty. Yeah. You know, so which isn't far off of some of the new packs that are going for like 20 grand. I it's know, like it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's a little bit insane for, see, there's no, um, I, I guess that's the thing is um, we collected the yesterdays. Uh, you know, the foundation of the hobby is really collecting of the yesterdays. In today's world, it's more collecting for the tomorrows. So I, I divide it that way, if you can understand what I'm saying. Have, have, have you had anyone come with to you with any uh, unopened stuff, uh, you know, with some so-called finds, quote unquote, now that you're an expert and, and, and people kind of seek you out? They really don't. It's almost like they avoid me. It's oh, it's like, are you kidding? It's so disappointing. Everybody thinks the way you think. It's just what you said. You're like, oh, you must get lots of people. I go, no, nobody comes to me. Maybe they don't want to know. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, but no, I've I've had a couple of people approach me on, on a few times in the, over the time. But you know, when people get the stuff, they know it's rare. It usually goes to an auction house at this point. You know, anything vintage. It'll just go because they know that'll get their maximum amount, amount of money. It's hard to price something. Like if you found a box of Bobby or 1966, 67 rookie card, rookie packs. Okay. How much is each pack worth? Well, you have to figure if you pull any card that you pull from a vintage pack, generally you're going to get, everyone thinks it's a nine. In today's world, yeah, you can get a nine or 10, you know, you send it in. Back then or in that time period with centering, with, you know, damage and uh, wax things, whatever, you're really looking at generally a seven. You could get an eight. Right, and that's if the gum hasn't uh, disintegrated and, and, and hurt some of the cards. Actually, it stays. It stays pretty good because they put a lot of uh, cornstarch on the uh, on okay, the gum. Okay, good. So it took the it took the moisture, and after that, the preservation it just petrifies. Really, actually, we tried some gum from the '60s and '70s, and it just oh, disintegrates in your mouth. You're brave, my friend. <laughs> I'm still around. Okay, so <laughs> that was like 10, 15 years ago. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's. Uh, that's the thing about wax. It's it's the collectible beyond the collectible, and uh, it's um, you know just something I truly enjoy. And it's it's the tough stuff. It's the rare stuff. I enjoy the rare stuff. The only thing that uh, that I like beyond that is um, is Toronto Maple Leaf stuff because I'm a Leaf fan. I was going to ask you, do you have a favorite um, release from say '60 uh, moving forward, and then uh, anything kind of you know in the from the '50s that you really like? One of my favorite sets, I would have to say, I really a lot of the sets I truly love are from the twenties. I love the chocolate bar era. See, with hockey, it was different than a little bit different than baseball. The tens, we had three sets that were cigarette. Then it stopped, and then the twenties, the lion's share, ninety-eight percent of it was through chocolate bars or candy bars, whichever way you say it in the U.S. Um, and then after that, the thirties, it was all gum forward. Ah, eh, yeah, there was other products along the way, but gum was the mainstay at that point. So I really like the 20s period of time. I like the innocence. I love the colors. I love a lot of things that they did uh, with their advertisement and what have you. So I really like that Art Deco kind of time period. Uh, but what I really liked, you know, you have to look back at my first year that I really, really remember um, throwing those checklists down the laneway was 1970-71. The little flash spotlights and the colorful backgrounds. Very simplistic card. But, uh, yeah, I really remember that. And I, I think we, you know, we're always predisposed to the times that we remember opening what we like but as for design you have to say the 54 tops you know it's a truly american set like a red white and blue unfortunately it wasn't released in the united states but it was released 
um, through a back door. And that's another story we can get into, but I won't. Oh, well, tell me, tell me. Okay, okay, here we go. So what happened uh, in 19, uh, see, uh, when I started back in the 90s, I uh, documenting, turning, you know, from collector, from just collector into a historian, I called a lot of old Opeachy employees. I wanted the Canadian perspective of how cards were distributed because remember they were owned by, uh, the, the license was owned by Top, but Opeachy was the distributor exclusively. Uh, not until 1960, well, we can go to the test issue for were they getting, Bobby. Were they getting printed up in Canada? Did they get printed no. up? In Canada? Yes, yes, but no. Uh, there was a time period frame. So Tops come in. Okay, so uh, Parker's is running from 1951. They have all the teams. Tops comes in in 1954 and says, "Hey, you guys are paying five thousand per team. We'll give you fifteen thousand per team." So George Kennedy, who owned Parker's cards at that time, he says, oh, okay. So he retained Toronto and Montreal, the two Canadian teams for 15,000 and Topps got the four American teams. So you, what we have in Canada is we have packs running through that are, you know, Topps coming through with the American teams and and, and uh, Parker's is running the Canadian teams. So in 54, you know, that's what you had. Well, was Topps selling cards in the United States or were they not allowed to? It's not, I don't think there was a market for it enough at that okay. point. So that's that's where we get the divergence between the two companies. So Topps owns the license, but Opeachy's selling the packs. So what happens? There's a gentleman in 1950. I think he started around 1950. His name was Sam Rosen, and he ran a uh, he had a, like a, a little four page leaflet kind of price list. Here are some sets, what we're selling them for, because really we didn't have card dealers or you know card stores or LCSs or whatever you want to call them today. Um, back then, it was mostly you'd go through, uh, you know, an antique place and you wanted to find stuff and that's the way it worked. But Sam Rose, uh, he was one of the first uh, to do that. Now, his son, his stepson, actually, was Woody Gelman, who actually, if you know anything about uh, Topps, he was the guy who designed the 52 sets, the 53. He's responsible for most of the artwork for Topps through that time period. Okay. So what's happening is uh, Sam Rosen is selling 54 tops, uh, $1.80 for as a full set of 66 uh, cards. And then it's it's going on through the years that he's selling that. So he, he's selling them through, the, I guess Woody Gelman called it the overflow. So he's selling sets, but they're not available in pack form. And okay. they're not officially through tops. They're just selling, you know, bulk. But Woody Gelman is he's right there, kind of going, "Here you go, Sam." And so Sam so was he was he taking vendor boxes at that point and and made in hand collating sets. I imagine they were kind of made. That's what they would do. They would cut them and make sets, and that's what they were, you know, just selling them as that. Because I see everything in sets. It's the funny part on the 1958. Well, I think um, Rosen passed away in 1959 or 60. Um, Woody Gelman took over. And uh, he called it the card collecting company. And they were offering cards. But on one of the, um, uh, I think it was the 58 set, it said, uh, these are not available in the United States. We're the only company with them. And uh, that was it. So that tells me that they didn't uh, have distribution rights. And then there was an article in the 1964 um, uh, Hockey Illustrated uh, magazine where they had an Opeachy empl um, um, employee and uh, a Topps executive. And the Topps executive said exclusively, he said, we look forward to the time one day that we can distribute hockey in, in the United States. So with those two things, it compounds that they weren't, di didn't get packs, but Woody Gelman selling the sets. 
to the United States, mostly out of New York. That's where he was from. Sorry, New York. Okay. So it's kind of interesting how it all shifted and changed. And not until the test issue of 1966, which was Bobby Orr's rookie, I think they they really came into it fast because it was half the size of the top of uh, the uh, Opeachy set. You know, so you have to understand that uh, after 19, um, I think after 1957, uh, Opeachy was making the packs and everything. So I. I called all these old Opeachy uh, employees. I, I just want to bounce back to the 54. I talked to the gentleman who drove down to the train station to pick up the tops, uh, packs, wrappers, and display boxes. So they were all printed in the United States, but only for distribution in Canada. Okay, and there's, okay. even a, there's even a little edict on the box that says, um, uh, you know, um, made by Opeachy Canada under tops license. Now, We've never seen another box that says anything other than that. So you know they weren't distributed in the States, especially with that moniker on it, right, or the edict on it. So uh, going forward, uh, until 57, the bottom of the box on the 58 says Somerville. Now, Somerville was a packaging company that started in 1888. They also made gum. Well, in 1911, Opeachy started. The company it was before was Somerville. Same company. Okay. Yeah. So, the history of Opeachy goes back to 1888 as uh, Somerville. In 1911, uh, McDermott brothers come together and starts Opeachy, and we go forward from there. Just a, doing a quick run back for you guys. Hope I'm not mixing you up. Or one, one of the things as a, a collector, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I when I always thought of Opeachy was kind of a, a second tier in terms of quality. The, 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 the cards didn't seem to be as... Um, top quality is top so that the you know the cutting and the edging and the, a lot of the so i as a collect as a young collector i would always like i don't want opeachy those those cards are, are are garbage you know what i mean and 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 i think that from a collecting mm-hmm. standpoint now people want opeachy because they didn't make as many right uh yeah well in hockey they did um but uh yes that was a big issue now i've talked to gary kareen he's the past owner of opeachy uh the latest or past owner from back going back to at least 96 when they before they sold to Nestle. Um, so he had talked to me and he was a little candid stating that, yeah, our quality control wasn't that great. Now, you have to understand that they're running three shifts, 24-7. Uh, like in the hockey season, bang, 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 they're getting the hockey out. You know, and that part, he said, you know, we didn't sharpen the, the blades. Now, I know there was an article published uh, back in the 90s by Beckett, and they stated that it was cut with, wire that's why they're like that it's like there's no wire this is there's, there's no wire uh, whoever said that they misquoted uh, it was a slitter so basically uh, it was sharp blades they run one sheet through at a time problem is when the blades get dull they don't cut they tear and that's why we got the rough cuts so they're running 24 7 they're not stopping you know um the people putting them through, they get production bonus. So they were based on, you know, 70% would be equal. Anything above that, the getting in production, they would make up a bonus, you know, a couple extra dollars a day back in the day, right? So it was it was just like, let's get the stuff through. It looks good. Centering wasn't an issue. You know, the marking lineups, like the each uncut sheet has little uh, taglines on them, and they're supposed to line up perfectly to that. If the printer didn't do it properly, like the 68 uh, Tops or Opeachy, those things such a small border a little left or a little right it's just i know it it's what a mess. yeah so what a mess. that was that was actually it is a downfall of opeachy but if any um uh collectible uh this is determined i i think across the board that is naturally like uh like i know there was an 80 they had this gum and it 
it was an orange gum put out by tops in 1980 and had little wrappers with the hockey players and football and basketball baseball and those things bled through because of the i guess citric acid that was in it it was bleeding through the wrappers even though they're wax lined that would eat through that and and go into the so a lot of people consider those to be fine being stained because you can't find them without them unless you find an uncut roll or something so it's a natural occurrence so it's accepted and i think the same thing is with opeachy it's a natural occurrence it's accepted and at least you know they haven't been trimmed how about opeachy opeachy baseball when did uh when did uh they start producing opeachy baseball is that something that was happening in the 50s and 60s as well no not until 1960 uh what was it 65 it's the first uh that was the maiden canadian issue um both ways sorry uh, and then so they made they made opeachy baseball all the way through uh till today um up till today i guess it's still a brand name i think tops owns it still Papa Deck, they do. yeah uh so they kind of put it out whatever it's usually a cheaper product for you know it's just keeping an old name alive i guess yeah they're trying to do now going back to the 50s in 52 uh we were so we we had packs up here in canada there was no moniker for uh opeachy or anything at that time not until 54 then they do the you know made in canada by opeachy through tops license but prior to that we know where they were up here uh in 52 at least because the plethora of, of mickey mantle cards that have come out of canada is unbelievable now what happened in 19 i think it was around what was it bobby uh, is there any way to tell the difference from a car a card that came from canada as opposed to a card that came from the u.s not in in hockey because i know they had it's bilingual but were they doing bilingual baseball back then or no 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 not until 1965 with the uh, the first issue um yeah all it was all american at that time which i'm surprised they got away with but you know they overproduced the second series of the 52 baseball and uh the high number series came up to canada i think that's what happened they said okay hey listen you guys take some of this up there you know and they still ended up throwing what three to four hundred cases in the uh in the ocean there yeah uh that's what the 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 lore is and i think it's a true story i think it was on an interview back in the 80s i hope uh, it's a true story because it's, it's a great story it's a wonderful story it is <laughs> gives a lot of credence to, uh, to mickey mantle um but yeah so we did have them up here uh and not until 54 did we have that uh the uh, the made uh in canada by opeachy what's, what's your feeling on the uh, wha re uh releases i'm a big wha guy do you what do you really? oh. I, I, what's your feeling on some of the wha stuff it's still i'm some I'm, I'm surprised that i can find that stuff fairly uh inexpensive still yeah yeah and i think wha was um there was a lot of teams you know they came out in 72 and then uh ottawa they kind of there was teams coming in for a year out for a year traded for and it was just too complicated for people and i think that's what really hurt them going forward uh a lot of people our age um my age uh love the wha because that's their you know almost pre-pubescent but even past that you know time to watch hockey and that's what you know what really bobby in, in boston we couldn't get tickets to the bruins you couldn't get bobby or tickets oh, back good in the luck. 70s. yeah so i became a wha fan and a, a boston whaler fan and a new england whaler fan because those are the games my parents could take me to yeah and the new england has a heck of a following for uh in today's uh vintage world so the, the hartford and new england whaler collectors amazing amazing uh toronto maple leaf collectors boston collectors totally and now the expansion teams um the, you look at minnesota and st louis 
Uh, it was the Seals for a while who was on top, but Minnesota and St. Louis has surpassed it. And people have come of age to the point that, the, you know, anybody who watched that time when they came in in the expansion time is now hitting that 40. They have a little extra income, you know, 40 plus, and, you know, they don't mind spending it on the hockey, but they don't collect the vintage pre that. They just collect, you know, more regional right, well, stuff. No, it's neat. If you're, if you're a fan of the North Stars or the or Golden Seals or the Penguins, you can go out and get every penguin card and not have to worry about you know the mickey mantles and ted williams and, and spending thousands and thousands of dollars on these guys and it, it's attainable as the collector you know i want to get every uh long uh, you know new york islander card i could do that mm -hmm. oh yeah no problem you know and it's affordable and i guess we're you know everybody's at different levels in their collecting um yeah you try to go back and get the old stars you're paying an arm and a leg and now everything has to be graded and uh you have to pay for that too on top of it and it ups the value considerably yeah so it's gotten to that point but there's some great wha cards you know and uh they're all peachy and with the rough cuts and they're off center you know just like and tops yep. are off center too right like they, they just didn't have the rough cuts so what 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 is your in your uh wish list for this year as as a collector you're going you know we get the, the show coming up in toronto soon what, what are you looking for when you go to a show um i'm probably about ten thousand people to get the app other than that <laughs> and i hope they do i just really think it's a it's a great information tool it's not about money you know if i give more in value than i make in money i'm happy and that's always been the case you know i always say on my books uh, uh written by collectors for collectors you know uh, i think that's really important that i put that first so writing books is not a money-making venture i make a penny an hour if i'm lucky you know, it's <laughs> yep. getting the information and keeping people, it's keeping our hobby healthy going forward. And I've always been that kind of moralistic kind of person. And uh, I think I'm a perfect person for it because I'm honest and, uh, and moralistic and it keeps the hobby pure. And uh, I don't like seeing people get ripped off or taken advantage of. Um, and, uh, you know, the information actually stays that, which is good. All right, Paul, why don't you give everyone, uh, let them know how they can follow you on social media and uh you know we'll we'll remind them when the app is out and let them know how they can get it when it when it is up but why don't you let people know how they can follow you on social media and, and also the names of your books that are available out there yeah my books are out of print and they're you can't find them actually you know the book i used to sell for 50 dollars uh now goes for about 150 200 wow. if you can find it because everybody wants the playboy the other one it goes for about a hundred dollars uh which it was only 25 dollars when i put it out um as for social media i am on instagram uh bobby vhc uh i do have a nice group on um facebook it's called uh, uh vintage hockey collector vhc um and so you can go see me there also needham will be uh www.needham.com that's n e e d u u m uh that's coming soon and uh, our app uh, will be at the Toronto Sports Card Expo. So if you have any fans who are big hockey fans who want to travel up, it's not a far drive to come to Toronto. It's certainly worth your time. It's not a small little show. It's a big show, and there's a lot of hockey there. I know. I really want to go. I'm, uh, my, me and my co-hosts were both huge hockey guys, and we haven't been up to the Toronto show. Though. So that is on our wish list, I think, for 2024. I don't think we're going to make it this year, but maybe well, next it's year. twice right? a year. So we have a spring and a fall, which yep. the National only has once a year. So you do have options. 
All right, guys, it's Bobby Burrell, B-U-R-R-E-L-L. You can follow him on uh, Twitter and on YouTube. He is uh, a hockey historian and an author, and his new app is coming out. We'll, we'll let you know when it's out, but it's called Needham, N-E-D-U-U-M, and that is will be out in a couple weeks. So, Bobby, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I could talk hockey collectibles with you forever because it's it's oh, right yeah. house, you know i love talking hockey because it's just fun the whole history behind it but i like to tell people that you know get them the straight story of really what went on with stuff and uh and get a lot of those myths put aside because a right, lot Con of that, uh, Con connor bedard is he going to be the is he going to be the guy uh so it seems so it seems i you know I see the, the, I, 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 i'm sure everyone's seen that highlight right the highlight of him deking out the guy yeah, it's pretty hard. You know, they're they're putting these people up on a pedestal, and it's hard for them to live up to those things. And uh, I just hope he, he finds his grounding, and I hope he's with a team who plays like a team. Yeah, That's I mean, Chicago's I a little a little ways to go before they're good again, I think. But um, it's nice that he's in an original six. Yeah, true enough. True enough. Yeah. All right, thank you for your time, my friend. Good luck with the app, and we'll be in touch, okay? Thanks again, Jeff. I really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Bye-bye now. Scanning and cataloging your collection has never been easier, thanks to the free Collects app. Join over 1 million other collectors in digitizing and pricing your collection. Unlock exclusive features to take your hobby to the next level, like printable checklists, huge discounts to hobby companies, Collects AI, and the ability to export your collection to a spreadsheet, all available when you upgrade to Collects Pro. Use Collects AI to help research cards to buy or supercharge the descriptions on your cards to sell them even faster. You also get exclusive discounts with partners like Fanatics, Lupe, and BCW Supplies. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Drew, one thing we learned from uh, the interview with Bobby is that he has a new app coming out in, in a couple of weeks. It's called Needham. And it's all all surrounding hockey cards and um, CFL football cards. But it's kind of a cool card, uh, it, a cool app. It's almost like a checklist, and you can keep track of who you have for for all your cards for tops and for um, Opeachy. And uh, it's really a, a neat app. So um, when that comes out, we'll let people know about it. But um, kind of kind of a, a cool app to have, don't you think? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, anything that we can have for you know organizing collections, the better it is. Yeah, so I want to thank Bobby Burrell for his time. Uh, Drew, Saturday, we will have Les Wolf. We'll hear Les, find out how he did at his the Hoster show this past weekend. Uh, talk to Les about what's going on in the hobby. Les always is, uh, doesn't pull any punches, so we're, we're looking forward to talking with Les. I'll, I'll talk to Les on Thursday, and we'll play that interview on Saturday. Also, I'm interviewing author Robert Skeed. He has a new book. It's a children's book. It's called The Bat Boy and the Un Unbreakable Record, and it's it's um all around Johnny Vandermeer's two no-hitters. When, when you think about it, Drew, right? To break that record, you have to get three no-hitters in a row. Right. That's. I mean, even tying that record is going to be almost impossible. I mean, we've had, what, 80 years since that's happened, and nobody's even come close to it, I don't think. Yep. So we're going to talk, we're going to, talk to Robert about uh, Johnny Vandermeer, about um, the, the, the book's really interesting and, and great for kids because it deals with uh, bullying and, and how to handle bullying and how combat bowling and we're going to talk to robert about his new book and we're actually going to give away a copy of his new book uh we'll have we'll we'll have that on uh saturday all right 
cool. All right, Drew, anything else before I let you go? I think we got everything covered. All right. How are you doing, TTM, this week? Anything? Terrible. Have not gotten anything back yet. Uh, like I said, I sent out those nine there the other day, and I'm probably going to get some stamps here pretty soon, though, so I can start cranking out some more. And, uh, I mean, I've got a whole box of football stuff that I pulled a couple of years ago, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write to all these guys. And I never got around to it. So it's like, all right, this is uh, this is a good time as any to catch up on that. Very cool. I got I got two back from uh, Pat Harlow, who was the number one draft pick for the uh, for the Patriots. Yep. Yep. He got his pro set card and his tops card. Nice. And I got a uh, return back from Johnny Damon yesterday. Oh, good. Which was kind of cool. And I got this guy, Kurt Miller. Do you remember him? He was a first round pick for the Pirates. And I got yes, him on Pirates and Rangers. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I got that one. So I I've got a I got a uh I've got three or four returns. I think I got I got two yesterday, and I got um. Oh, I got um, Matt Suey from the Bears. Oh, okay, yeah. Came back. So we will, we'll we'll go through all our, our returns. And uh, I sent out, um, I think, 10 or 12 uh, football ones yesterday. Okay. So trying to, I try to keep my 10 up. I, I think if you, could, if you can do 10 a week, that's a good number. Because it seems to be like, okay, so 10 a week, I seem to be getting one or two back every day. And the, 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 the math seems to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, bud. Well, that is it, guys. Uh, hopefully, you're uh, getting out your TTM request. It seems like there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more people getting returns. So I think the the drought has has ended for a little while for us. So I okay. want to wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you on Saturday. Be good.